Welcome to this episode of the More Than Just a Type podcast. I am so excited to have you here. And today we're going to be chatting about traveling the world with diabetes and moving to a new country with diabetes. I don't know what your situation is like, but I've been in both before and I've learned a few things on along the way that I want to share with you. And I personally, and this is why I'm sharing this with you, I have always felt that diabetes is not something that should ever hold you back from doing anything that you want. And I think sometimes we, not all of us, but there can be a tendency to be like, oh, but I can't do that because of diabetes or whatever, right? Like, or you might kind of feel worried about something or diabetes might become a roadblock in many cases to doing something or not doing something because maybe there's a bit of fear or uncertainty or you just don't know how it's going to turn out or are you going to be able to get the stuff that you need or you know it's just this extra weight but I've always lived my life just really making sure that diabetes is not holding me back from doing anything and it could just be part of my own rebelliousness and I'm really hard-headed and stubborn and so it could be partially that and it could also just be like hey no like we can do anything that we want with diabetes or with without and sometimes yeah like we can't forget that we might have to think a little bit more about other things that people don't really have to think about and there might be a little bit more planning or whatever, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't take the risk or you shouldn't not do something or whatever it is, you know, like there's always a way to make it work and make it happen if you want it bad enough. So I don't think we should ever blame diabetes for anything and we should never use diabetes as an excuse, whether it means doing something or not doing something. If if you want it bad enough, you can totally do it. So I wanted to share my own sort of experiences with both traveling the world and then also moving to a new country because I don't know, maybe you've been thinking that you want to move somewhere or that you want to go traveling, but you just don't know how it's going to be or if you're going to have the stuff that you need, you know? So that's what this episode is today. And if you do enjoy this episode, if it was inspiring in any way, please do take a second to rate and review this podcast. Let me know what you enjoy most about it or what your biggest takeaway is, or at the very least, let me know what you're enjoying most about this podcast. When you take the time to rate and review the podcast, it does help expand the reach of this podcast. And it's how this podcast reaches other people and reaches more people who would benefit from hearing this message as well. So thank you so much in advance for your support of this show if you don't know how to rate or review the pod scroll down on your device tap the stars to rate the podcast leave a five-star review if you feel called to do so you can just tap to leave a quick review let me know what you enjoy most thank you thank you thank you welcome to the more than just a type podcast a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life i'm your host taja kato expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life.
So you might not know this, but I was born and raised on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. Actually, I was born just off of Vancouver Island, but I grew up in Canada and growing up, like before I was diagnosed with diabetes, my family was no newbie to traveling. They took me to India when I was a baby. Like we went all over the place. And even growing up, because I was homeschooled too, we were able to go to like Mexico for three months and travel and take our school with us and learn as we traveled. And so I feel like I had the opportunity to really experience new places and travel the world at a very young age. So that was no new thing for me. And then even after di- being diagnosed with type 1, we like my family was all over the place. My mom was born and raised in Texas, so her side of the family was in the United States. My dad is Canadian, but his family's all over Canada. And we would always spend our summers in Portland, Maine, and we'd always go, you know, take holidays places. And so I feel really lucky in that sense, but I always had a dream to move to the United States and I, so I made it happen when I was 24 years old, I left Canada, I moved to Los Angeles and I have to say that the medical system between Canada and the United States, they're very different. And when I first moved, like I'm a dual citizen, so that part was great. Like I, you know, I'm able to live in the United States, but that doesn't mean that getting on board with the medical was super simple at first. So I want to share like how I made that happen because I haven't yet, maybe one day I will, but I haven't moved, moved back to Canada um, yet. I've been in the States since 2014 and I've also traveled a lot. Like in 2013, I was in Asia for three months. And this is before I had a CGM or a pump. But since my mom moved to Costa Rica, I'm here in Central America a lot. And I spent eight months here during the pandemic and I'm back again. So I I feel like right now, especially after COVID, well, I know we're kind of still in the midst of it, but I'm a nomad. Like my boyfriend quit his job in Los Angeles and then we went to Arizona for a bit. Now we're in Costa Rica and I don't know where we're going to go next. Like who knows where the next stop is going to be. I might go to Canada for a bit. We'll see. But I wanted to share just some really key points. If you've been thinking about going on a big vacation, like a big scary vacation that you've never done before for like longer than a couple weeks. And I also wanted to share if you're you're planning on moving to a brand new country, like how can you make that work with diabetes? So first of all, let me tell you exactly what I did when I moved to Los Angeles from Canada. So in the very beginning, I didn't know what I was going to be doing. I didn't have a job set up. I literally was winging it. Like I met my roommates on Craigslist at the time. I probably wouldn't recommend anyone doing that, but I was lucky because my roommates were great, but I, I didn't have a plan is what I'm trying to say. And so in the beginning, because in Canada, the medical system is, you know, I think I paid my deductible every year. I can't remember how much that was, but you get supplies for very, 
um, they're very affordable. You don't have the the co-pays and all of that bullshit in like how in the States is like the meta the, when I first moved to the States, I'm like, oh my God, how is insurance so confusing? Like it was just such a new thing for me because in Canada, it's just like everyone has universal health care. You know what I mean? So it was a little bit different. And in the beginning, I got a tr- like a travel policy, a travel insurance policy, because I didn't know how long I was going to be in the state. So I pretended like I was going on a vacation. So that way I was still covered um, through a travel policy. And you can look them up. I'm sure there's many different travel policies out there depending on where you live. And so I was just paying for travel insurance just in case anything happened. And then I would go back because luckily like Canada... And well, British Columbia and Los Angeles, it's like a two and a half hour flight. So every few months or like every six months, I would go back, I would see my endo, I would stock up on supplies, and then I would come back and I would just have that travel policy in case like I had to go to the hospital or I needed some supplies or whatever. So that's what I did until I got a job. And then once I got a job that I was getting my medical through, then that changed everything. So in the beginning, a travel insurance policy is exactly what I did. And at the time too, when I would go back to Canada, I asked the pharmacy to override my insurance so that I was able to take at least three months of worth of supplies with me back to the United States. And I don't know if you know this, but if you don't know it, you can ask the pharmacy and even if you like you need supplies but you're not actually going on a vacation cuz i mean i was living in the states right but i would say hey i'm going on vacation um can you please override my insurance and they will be more than happy to do that for you in most cases so that's how i was able to get as many supplies as i could and take them with me back to the united states All right, so that's what I did when I moved. Now, when it comes to going away, this is something that I actually did recently, but there's eight steps that I usually follow. And the first one is getting an insurance override for the amount of supplies that you need. And I always suggest getting a bit extra. So if you're going away for a month, get two months worth, you know, just make that override a little bit more. So at least you can take extra supplies with you. The second thing is asking your doctor for extra supplies if they have any. And this is something you could do even if you're planning to move to a new country or to move to a new state or whatever it is. You can ask your doctor's office if they do like, do you have any extra strips or insulin? Do you have a couple extra pens? Whatever it is, usually in most cases, your endocrinologist will have extra supplies in their office, in the refrigerator. And this, the reason I know this is because in, when I was going through a million test strips before I got a CGM and my insurance wasn't covering the amount that I needed, I would ask my doctor like, Hey, do you have any extra strips you can spare? And they would, they were more than willing to give me strips when I needed them. And same goes for insulin. Like if I was running out of insulin, so never be afraid to ask your doctor if they have any spare supplies that might, you know, that you could use or have, because usually they will, they'll have backup of things. Now, the third 
thing is your local pharmacy, wherever you are traveling to, should carry diabetes supplies, especially insulin. And these supplies, depending on where you are traveling to, like, okay, if you're traveling to the United States, probably not going to be the case. But the amazing thing about, you know, traveling somewhere too, is that there's a di- the diabetes online community. And if you ever get into a pinch or run out of supplies, say you come to travel to the United States and you run out of something or something happens, reach out to the community because I guarantee you that someone within the community would be more than happy to help you. And if I'm in the area, you can holler at me. I'd be more than happy to help if I can or put it out there to you know the people who are in my community and see if someone can help you. So that's one thing because I know the United States is nuts when it comes to the price of insulin. But if you're traveling somewhere else, like for example, in Costa Rica, like when I first came here, uh, I wasn't planning on staying eight months last summer. And I have I know I've said this on this podcast before, I was planning on just staying a month, but then they closed the border and yada yada. So I was here for eight months and... I was able to get insulin and guess what? The price for insulin here without insurance was 160 or 170 US dollars. And that uh, same vial of insulin in the United States would cost me over $600 to buy without insurance. So depending on where you are traveling to, likely, I mean, there's people living with diabetes everywhere in the world. So likely that pharmacy, wherever you are traveling to, will have the supplies that you need if ever you run out or something happens. So just know that. And then number four is if you are using a Dexcom or a CGM, restart your sensors. I don't know if you can do this using the Freestyle Libra or any of the other CGMs, but if you are using a Dexcom, you can restart your sensors. And I was, I have been restarting my sensors for the last year. So just knowing, and you can do this if you know that you're going on vacation, you could even start planning ahead of time and restarting your sensors. That way you can have like at least a month of extra Dexcom sensors that you can use. So that's what I did. So I right now have at least a month of sensors that I I just, I can use because I've been restarting them and some of them last an extra 10 days, which is amazing. So I just have extra supplies because, you know, if something happens to a sensor, it's not like Dexcom will just, I mean, they will send you a new one, but if you're in a new country, in a foreign country, they won't ship it to you. So you have to figure out how to get it and that can be kind of a headache. And so being able to restart them and just have backup and is just such a peace of mind. So restart your sensors ahead of time so that you can make sure that you have enough backup sensors if you need them. That would be one tip. Number five is stay on top of any site replacements. So I don't know about you, but if you use an insulin pump, sometimes I'll have a site failure or something will happen. And when you are doing a million other things, not just managing diabetes, right? Like you have other stuff going on in life. 
sometimes I get lazy and I don't call in those replacements because I don't know, like somehow I still have enough at the end of my three months. Like, I'll, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> but sometimes I just get lazy or like, I don't know if you've ever called in and they just end up sending you a couple extras. So it's like somehow I always have enough supplies and then sometimes I just won't call in those those faulty ones that happen. But my tip would be just make sure you stay on top of all of your site replacements and you call them in and you get those replacements because even if you don't end up using them, at least you'll have them on hand for when you need them because you can even just use them as backup when you are in a new country or if you need them when you're traveling. Number six is have your doctor or see if they can write prescriptions like more than you'll need because sometimes your insurance will only cover the amount of prescriptions that your doctor has submitted to them and that sometimes doesn't cover you in case anything happens and or in case like your trip is extended you know like you just never know so you always want to be prepared so sometimes asking your doctor and they will do this usually I mean I can't speak for your doctor but I would like to think that all doctors would be willing to do this um, and this is just an example so for my Lantus or sorry for my Triceba my long-acting insulin, long-acting insulin, because I do use an insulin pump, I, you know, it's very, I haven't been using my long-acting, but I always bring it when I go traveling, because if something happens to my pump, I need long-acting insulin, and my doctor, so for Triceba, she had prescribed a, a certain amount of Triceba per day, but the only problem is, when I switch back to using injections the first week at least, my body is not adjusted to taking long acting yet. So, and this is just what happens to me personally, but I have to actually increase my dose, then I cut it back down. Then if I'm in a hot climate, which I am right now, I have to cut it back a little bit more. Then when I get my period, I have to increase my insulin a lot. And so the amount that she prescribes doesn't really cut it in terms of what my body actually needs because things are always changing. So what I wish I had done, and I I like thought about it, but then in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's okay because I have like enough Lantus, so whatever. And I had my insulin pump and I didn't think anything was going to happen to it, but something did. And I prefer Triceba over Lantus. So I didn't have, I didn't, follow up with her again and make and have her do this for me but I wish I would have is just been like okay instead of prescribing 12 units per day could you prescribe like you know maybe 15 or 20 just because that way I would I would be able to have extra pens to take with me and the other thing about that I don't know about everywhere in the world but in the United States it doesn't matter how many pens you are prescribed the price is always going to be the same and this is with most insurance I think I don't know 100% but two insurance companies that I've had in the United States I have found this to be the case is like no matter how many pens whether it's 4 or 15 the price is going to be the same. So having your doctor increase that amount and just prescribe you a little bit extra isn't going to break the bank and at least you'll just have enough in case you need it.
If you currently wanna lose weight, then you probably already know that a calorie deficit is the only way that fat loss is possible. And you probably also know that because your body is individual, so are the amount of calories it requires per day. But you might not know just how many calories you should actually be eating in order to achieve your weight loss goal. And if you're interested in discovering how many calories and macros, so macros are the amount of protein, carbs, and fat that your body needs individually, I've put together a tool that will help you. So this tool is completely free. I'm so excited to share it with you. Just go to tajakato.com forward slash calories to calculate your calories and macros for fat loss. Also linking to this in the show notes. Number seven is look at shipping services that will ship stuff to you. And you could even look in local community Facebook groups. So like, for example, here in Costa Rica, they're like in the little town that's close to where my mom lives in, they have a local Facebook group. So if you type in like whatever town you're planning to travel to, I'm sure different community Facebook groups will come up. And then within those Facebook groups, you could ask, hey, is there a shipping company that you guys use to have stuff shipped from maybe you live in the United States or wherever you are in the world? And then people can tell you, or that's just a really great way to get information. That's what I did. And I found a shipping service. This was when I was here last summer for eight months because I obviously didn't have enough supplies for eight months. I found a shipping service. So because wherever you live, this is what it's like in the United States. But for Dexcom, for my insulin pump, for Tandem, they won't ship international. So... I had to have them ship to this shipping company in Miami. And then from Miami, this company would ship here to Costa Rica. And then I was able to get the supplies that I needed. So there's always a way. And I'm just thinking because I'm planning to go to Asia at some point and I'm like, you know, I'm sure in India or Nepal or like wherever in the world that I want to go, <laughs> I'm sure that there is also shipping companies that probably do something similar to this. So I would look into shipping shipping companies and not like the local companies like DHL or, you know, not those big name companies because those companies will charge you so much. And from my experience, especially if it's medical equipment, they will usually get tied up at the border and you'll have to pay a ton to get it released or it'll have to go through the health ministry wherever you're, you are traveling to. So I would look for local shipping companies and more boutique, privately owned companies that offer shipping services international. All right, number eight, last one, is if you are using an insulin pump or any other medical equipment, ask the company if they are able to give you a backup, say insulin pump, in case you need it, just in case. And for example, Tandem Diabetes does do this. They will ship you out a brand new insulin pump as, and I think you have to put your credit card on file or something. So if you lose that new pump, then you're going to be responsible for paying the replacement fee. 
but they do offer this in case anything happens to your insulin pump. That way you'll just have a backup one on hand. And I honestly wish that I had done this this trip because in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I know something happened to my insulin pump last time I was traveling, but this time, you know, what are the chances something else is going to happen? And if something does happen, I could just have a new one shipped through a shipping company. And then it also kind of took a weight off my chest because I didn't want to be responsible in case, God forbid, something happened to my luggage or something. But then the first week that I was here, my insulin pump broke. It just completely stopped working. And had I have had that backup pump, it would have probably made life a little bit easier because I had to go through the adjustment period to get my body adjusted to using injections again. But it's not the end of the world. But if you are concerned about that, I would definitely ask the company with your insulin pump if they do offer something like that, just in case anything happens. And usually, I don't want to say always, but usually most companies will. So that's pretty much it. But I do want to just add a couple things. And that is like when I am traveling, I don't always carry all of my diabetes supplies in one backpack or like one bag. I will literally split them up between carry-ons and, you know, if I can carry all my supplies on, then I would prefer not to check it just in case anything happens to my checked bag. And if you're traveling with someone else, like maybe you could give them half of your supplies. This is what I usually do because if something happens to one of those bags, then at least you know you have diabetes supplies in another bag. So that's kind of what I do when I am traveling. And I'll put my transmitters for my Dexcom in a little separate plastic baggie because those can't go through the x-ray machine. And the other thing that I do that you could also do is when you are traveling to a foreign country, if you don't speak the language, you could take, and I know Dexcom offers like travel letters, but if you have a letter from your doctor or from your medical supply company, just stating exactly what it is that you're bringing into the country and if it can or can't go through the x-ray machine, if you translate this letter into whichever foreign language you are traveling to, it makes life so much easier when you are going through TSA. All right, so those are my top tips. And I just want to say I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just sharing what I've done so that you can apply what resonates to your own life and dreams and make sure that diabetes just does not hold you back from doing anything that you want. I hope this episode is helpful to you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you very soon. Bye for now.